Nope, that's that was not the beginning of that song. <laughs> what was that? I don't. That's the middle of that song. I can't. I couldn't. I've never, figure out. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Try All right, we're gonna do this. Try a different one. one. We should. We should. This should be live. Right? <laughs> Just keep keep this live, Neil. Yes. We'll start here. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Baltic on the Midweek Fix. It's good to be with you, Pastor Toby. And Chuck Knox had more important things to do. He's actually walking his dog right now <laughs> no, with Jordan Peterson. Right. <laughs> Maybe. It's good to be with you on this midweek fix. We have Colonel Kevin Hall coming on here in a minute. But before we get there, a couple announcements. As you guys know, we're going to be on a Liberty Tour. Liberty Tour. Liberty Tour. Knox, we're going to be on a Liberty Tour. <laughs> if you can make it back in the studio. Uh, we're going to be in Dallas, Texas, or Fort Worth on March uh, 16th. We got uh, Chad Prather. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Pastor Wilson coming on a live show there in Fort Worth. Uh, we're going to do kind of a pre-event also as part of that. Tickets go on sale. Club members get first at 48 hours access to tickets starting March, uh, uh, excuse me, February 14th. And then we're going to be in Rapid City. Happy South Valentine's Dakota. Day. Yeah. So ladies, <laughs> buy the tickets for your boys. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, in Rapid City, April 7th, we have Larry Elder. Yes, Larry Elder's coming on our live show as a guest in Rapid City. Uh, comedian John Brandy is going to be opening up. Uncle Gary, Gary DeMar, is going to be out there. We're actually wow. going to be doing a God and Government workshop that day. So kind of a workshop that day and then a live show. Comedian John Brandy and Larry Elder, Gary, Uncle Gary coming on that night uh, for a live show in Rapid City at the Monument. And that's in uh, in April. In Rapid City, April 7th. And then we're going to be in Phoenix. The date's to be determined. We kind of have an idea on what it's going to be, but... Uh, we're going to be in Phoenix in May, so stay tuned for details there with special guest also. Man, I want to go to those shows. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Christians need to start thinking about doing business with fellow Christians. No, this is not a plug for our FLF business listing. Who slipped that in there? You should check that Who'll out. Who slipped that in there? This is a plug for Bobo Construction, Inc. Are you a developer, architect, or project manager? If so, I have a Christian commercial construction company you should be partnering with today. Bobo Construction is a fourth-generation, family-owned general contractor that was founded back in 1952. Their motto is, whatever is fair and right, that's what we do. The Bobo Construction headquarters is in Sacramento County, California, and they are defying vaccine mandates. Hey. <laughs> just in California. Call them up and encourage them. Yeah. Bobo Construction Seriously. has recently expanded into Idaho and Eastern Washington with offices in Meridian and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and is in search of potential partners to wage war on tyranny with. They can do any commercial project from zero to $80 million. Some of their past projects include retail, office buildings, schools, colleges, sustainable construction, and industrial facilities. To learn more about Bobo Construction, visit them at www.boboconstructioninc. <laughs> that's B-O-B-O -B -O, constructioninc.com. That you can also contact Austin Bobo at a bobo at boboconstructioninc.com or call him on his personal cell phone, 208 789 You know God is good when he gives you a last name, Bobo. Yeah. You know, Bobo. my favorite trucker hat right now is my Bobo construction trucker hat. It's a good you hat. Know? I mean, I it's, like it. yeah. and it's like, especially these days with all those truckers, you know, mm -hmm. doing their thing. I'm just wearing that yeah. loud and proud. It's good. Hey, with us right now, we are grateful to have Colonel Kevin Hall. Colonel Kevin Hall serves as senior Pleasure advisor. Pleasure to be with you guys. Thank you. He serves as director of airspace and cyberspace operations for Air Force Material Command. Wow. Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio. Directs efforts at a four-division, 120-person headquarters staff, manages support and investment for 11,000 people, 1.4 billion test budget, 
Whoa, he's having fun. He advises on <laughs> test policy supporting DOD acquisition of airspace and cyberspace weapon systems for 400 programs at nine operating locations. Um, Colonel Hall, pardon me for a second, but I just want to read some of your awards. Um, you, you Meritorious Service Medal with two oak leaf clusters. Aerial Achievement Medal with eight oak leaf clusters. Wow. Air Force Commendation Medal with one Oak Leaf Cluster, Air Force Achievement Medal, NASA Engineering Excellence Award 2019, Honorable Company of Air Pilots, Master's Commendation 2017, Brigadier General Harrison R. Dying Award 2015, Air Force Reserve Command Pilot of Distinction 2015, Colonel Hall. Uh, it's an honor wow. to have you on Cross Politics. Wow. That was my pleasure. So it seems like. All our institutions in this country, including the military, are going insane because of COVID. Um, I, I, I know you've been you've been fighting this actually um, for a for a From minute jump, now, for yeah. a while. Can you go back to kind of the beginning and just explain? I mean, what were things like in the military for you and 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 uh, when the pandemic first started? Well. I'll actually take it back a little bit further than that. Great. Um, I got in started on a lot of this. You know, you read my NASA engineering award. So I kind of got involved with uh, not fighting the military, but seeing things from a different perspective and then realizing the institutions wouldn't support you. When I got involved with the, mm. you know, I got attacked by a jet, one of the 35s, you know, caused me to not be able to breathe to the point where I, had cognitive disabilities, basically couldn't find words. I'm like, what is going on? Mm. So I, I worked with NASA for three years to basically figure out what's going on with the pilot breathing issues. So I got used to looking at all the medical issues. And in fact, I, I'm actually a, a pilot breathing expert, subject matter expert. And so when everything started coming out with the masks and the COVID, that, that was my first clue that, you know, something was wrong. It, was, it didn't jive with all the research that I've been doing for three years. Wow. I, I literally helped NASA design and fly a hundred, you know, sortie test program for pilot breathing. And so I, I literally looked at all the squiggles on, you know, the masks and the breathing and everything that's going on. And, and it didn't add up. In fact, I started to go look at the research for masks and in, in point of fact, there was the, the research that was out there and the actual studies that were out there said that it increased your risk of influenza like illness. Hmm. Okay. So I started bringing that up and nobody cared. And so when all the COVID stuff started coming out, I looked at it more and more and I actually brought it up to my leadership. Like, you know, no kidding. A year ago, more than a year ago, I said, hey, look, there's concerns about ADE. That's antibody dependent enhancement. Right. There's a reason why we don't have any other vaccine for any other coronavirus, including for cats. Right. You know, I, I give <laughs> wow. vaccines to all my cats, but but we don't have them because every time that we have tried to do it, it actually works in terms of giving you the antibody response that you want in the cats and the ferrets and all the animal models. The problem is, is when you expose them to different variants in the wild, they die basically, you know, so we, we literally don't have a vaccine for cats for coronaviruses. Wow. And every time that we've tried something similar on humans, the same things happen. And, and so I brought this to my leadership and I'm, I'm like, look, there's major problems with rushing this, you know, even before we had a mandate, even, you know, just when the vaccine was first coming out. And, and the problem is, is, you know, I, it, it's not that I think that there's, you know, our leadership is, is evil necessarily the ones that I've interacted with. It's almost like it's a bridge too far. Right. And it's just, this goes back to when I was dealing with the 35 issues with the breathing is it's so far outside their, 
their normal experience that you're basically asking them to consider their entire worldview is wrong. Yeah. And it took me took me baby steps. I spent, you know, months and years researching a lot of this stuff, you know, to the point on, you know, I understood it with the F-35 breathing stuff because I, I literally spent one time three hours talking to a NASA engineer on, on one concept. And, and I always tell people I got to cheat because I got to fly and experience it firsthand. And then, you know, all the rest of the doctors and engineers don't have that firsthand experience. Yeah. But when you do, you can go, okay, I, I'm telling you exactly what's going on. And three hours later, he goes, oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> right. So, so there's, there's a learning process with everything. And I think um, a lot of our leaders, you know, so I've been trying to be very patient in terms of walking people down the path. And I, and I will admit to being frustrated at times when, you know, it falls on deaf ears, right? I actually went to my leadership with an affidavit, like a sworn affidavit, kind of like the whistleblowers. In fact, I did it under the whistleblower protection act. I said, Hey, look, this is fraud. As soon as it all came out, as soon as the, you know, August 24th SecDef letter that said the, Hey, here's, here's the requirement. Here's the actual mandate for the military. The day after the Pfizer community fraud, as I call it, the day after that uh, was approved by the FDA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I wrote an affidavit and I said, Hey, look, this is fraud. This is not okay. And I laid it out. Uh, here's the, you know, literally about a you know, 15 page document. Um, and I actually did three different affidavits and I, I got zero response. Um, and so aren't they uh, supposed to do something? A three star, by the way. Aren't they supposed to do something with your affidavits, like act on it? Well, so uh, after not saying anything several times, so I sent it to a four star, a three star, and a four star. It's a little bit convoluted because I'm a reservist, right? But I'm working for an active duty unit. So there's there's kind of two chains of command there. Right. Um, but I, I wrote him back the third time and I said, look, you guys not responding to me is as if you were not to respond to somebody bringing you a rape allegation, a sexual assault allegation. It's it's the exact same thing in terms of, of morals and your responsibility. And in fact, I, I told them and I filed an IG response and I sent it to the entire four-star staff saying that they're violating UCMJ Article 134. I was very public in saying that that what they were doing is wrong. That's the Article 134 is um, prejudicial to good order and conduct, basically. Their, their failure to respond to good faith, um, you know, somebody bringing forth fraud and accusations of crime is prejudicial to good order and conduct, in my opinion. And I think there's a lot of people, <laughs> there's tens of thousands more now that are seeing this firsthand for themselves that leadership just doesn't respond. And, and that was kind of the most eye-opening and, and uh, you know, the, the thing that we keep asking is, okay, what do you do when they ignore you? Um, and, and really the answer I think is that we, the people, right. We, mm-hmm. as Christians in our witness, we, we got to witness and then we leave the rest up to God, right? That's where I find my, my peace these days is yeah. God's already won. Yeah. And, and I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to convince anybody. I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, with my testimony, make them a believer, but I just have to do what I'm called to do. And then God's got the rest of it. So Colonel Hall, it seems like the mil, I mean, the military is known for its process. It's known for its order. It's known for its, you know, chain of command and, and, and everything. Um, and, and your chain of command is, is, has they still not acknowledged your affidavits? Have they still not listened to you? And are they not, That's correct. you know, the chain of command is not responding. 
they are not responding. And through the back channel, they, I was informed that they would not be responding. Presumably, that was the advice of their legal counsel. Who do you appeal to? Is there a judge you appeal to? Or, or what's what's next? Well, so that's a great question. Um, so when that all went down, I, I you know prayed and, and wasn't sure. So I started a Telegram channel, and I've been helping. We've got 2,000 people in it now. I basically started helping everybody else who was in a worse situation than me because I'm, uh, I don't have, you know, I've got 23 years. I'm a reservist. Um, so I have all sorts of protections and, you know, timeline buffers that other people don't have. So I started helping, uh, you know, the thousands of other people to file article 138s. You can file IG complaints, EEO complaints, do their actual, um, in addition to the religious accommodation request. So that's how I got started with them is I actually had a no kidding religious accommodation request for the influenza vaccine approved. Just but, for the, just for the like regular flu vax. You already had that. Correct. Okay. Yes. Wow. And so I knew the process and it, it literally took me four months to figure out what that process was because it was so, uh, you know, I, I felt called and I think this was part of it is God was prepping me for this. Right. Is it literally no kidding. I called, you know, I, I don't know how many, people I called and ran into dead ends trying to figure out where this reg was. And I, by the time I got it, it was four months later. And then it took them four months to approve it. So it didn't actually get approved until June. Uh, I think it was June last, last year. So mine's good through June this year. And it's only good for one year. So I, I started walking people through the process since I'd gone through it. And it was just, you know, it took a lot of time and it was kind of mind blowing to me that it was that obtuse and they have made it more obtuse since. <laughs> so I helped, <laughs> I, I focus my energies on helping other people, but really the next step for me is to file an actual lawsuit. And, and that's what I, I, I was averring in my, my affidavit is that the next step is to basically file charges individually against the men who are, are violating their oaths. You use the word fraud when you were describing what you, the, the affidavit as you, were, as you were appealing and saying, this is a fraud. What's the fraud exactly that you're describing? Oh, I, I generally call it the community Pfizer fraud, presenting the emergency use authorized bottles and labeled uh, versions of the Pfizer product as if it were the FDA approved community product. That's the essence of the entire fraud. Wait, wait. So explain that. What, what do you? What, We're really okay. slow here. <laughs> slow, slow so, down. So, so you're saying something is approved, but that's not the thing that's being actually served up. There's two different brands. Correct. There's Pfizer and there's. Be clear with us because I, I couldn't quite pick it up either. There's Pfizer and there's Co Com Comor Comordity. Comordity. The, So, so when they actually got the biologics license approved, like the FDA approval for the supposed COVID you know, FDA approved COVID vaccine, they trademarked it and named it community. So up to that point, the Pfizer product was known as Pfizer slash BioNTech. And it's the EUA version. Whereas the supposedly FDA approved version is supposed to be labeled in accordance with the FDA guidance as community. But that doesn't exist. They never made any. Um, and it, you know, the lawsuits have acknowledged as much, right? So if we go look at the, the, I uh, don't have it in front of me, the COSIN, I, I think, or, well, no, Dovey Austin. Dovey Austin is the one where the judge basically said, hey, DOD, I don't buy your, I don't buy your argument at all. They're not the same thing. You can't just use them interchangeably. Yeah. So, so what Pfizer had done was they were operating their vaccine under that in-tech label and, and that was being served here in the U.S., um, 
and and then they wanted to get full approval under community. I might be saying it wrong. Yep. Um, community. And that's the label that got approved. But the in-tech label did not get approved here in the U.S., but that's what they're saying. They're saying they're the same thing, and you can just use the in-tech Pfizer vaccine here in the U.S. Is that basically the layman's way of describing it? Yes. That's basically the way that the important distinction is that the ones that have the label of Pfizer BioNTech, it's yep. actually B-I-O-N-T-E-C-H, uh, the ones that have that label are emergency use authorized. Right. And there's a statutory prohibition against forcing service members. So that's, you know, 10 U.S.C. 1107 Alpha, right? right? You, know, you have to give informed consent before you give an emergency use authorized drug to the military, right. wow. um, period, right? And so the way they're trying to get around that is with the interchangeable, even Labeling. though commodity has never been produced and labeled as such. No, there's there's other Incredible. there's other uh, uh, medical companies producing uh, COVID vaccines, right? It's not just Pfizer, and they were all emergency use authorized uh, this entire time until uh, the recent approval for Moderna a few days ago. And is is there a similar fraud going on with that one? It's the exact same trick. Yes, bait and switches. So you know, what we call it. So they're approving some. Label. label that doesn't is not actually on the shelves and they're continuing Correct. to give the emergency use vaccine or that label the emergency use label as that's correct okay yeah. <laughs> what in the All world right. so but I, I, it's unbelievable uh, this is this is nuts it, um, well, I, so you should read the you should read the judges you know the the judge reports that are coming out in seal and doe and and Riaston are, are pretty damning in the language they use are, are along the lines of it, you know, I, you know, I wish I had it right in front of me, but the judge said, I, I don't see any way, you know, any possible explanation where this is good for the DOD. And another one said that it looks like it's just pure um, theater, what they're doing. And, um, and that's more with respect to the religious accommodations. But right. but the judges have not been buying huh. what they're selling here. Okay. So you already have received a, re- you're like hardcore. You've received a religious um, uh, accommodation exemption yeah. for the flu vaccine already. Yeah. And then now you're, or have applied for the Corona vaccine religious exemption. Um, uh, have you gotten that or received that? Where's that at? So I actually waited and I was fighting the, the lawfulness of the order first. Okay. And they actually gave me a letter of admonishment. I told them in my rebuttal that I was going to hang it on the wall and as a certificate of my integrity. Wow. My, my highest award. Wow. And so I waited until they took action against me uh, before I gave them my notice of religious accommodation under duress. Because uh, I, I told them, quite yeah. frankly, what I learned from the first time applying for the religious accommodation is it was an insult to my God-given rights um, and that I intended to to fight on the, the lawfulness front first, but that's, you know, the, the speed of law is some people say is fairly slow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we got a bunch of military that listened to the show and apparently I learned about it a lot this last week. Cause I can't tell you how many people I had messaging me or texting me or phone calls or instant messages or whatever um, from military. It seems like there's something that's happened in the last couple of weeks where um, a lot of soldiers are getting more and more frustrated. Something's boiling 
to where communication just really ramped up for me um, just this last week. I, I don't even know what hit me. And I was like, well, I guess I should get Colonel Hall on the show and let's talk. <laughs> What's going on? So, so the biggest thing, well, the, there's there's two kind of things going on in the background. One is that, you know, the, the Army is finally um, cracking down in mass. So the Air Force was kind of the first guinea pig. We had the first dates. So we've kind of been in the Air Force, been dealing with this now since November in December and, and all those things. And the army is really getting cracked down. So that's kind of going on in the background of the, the different, it's all the denials are coming in, all of the denials of appeals are coming back yep. and the army is cracking down in mass. And while that's happening, um, you know, terminal CWO, um, you know, has been really posting this on his telegram, but the obviously Senator Johnson's round table with attorney Tom Renz uh, or attorney Renz, I think it's, uh, not sure his first name, but he posted all the DMED data from the whistleblowers, Lieutenant Colonel Long and Chambers and uh, uh, Dr. Sigaloff. Um, the three of them were looking at all of this data inside the military databases, which are top notch, right? This is, you know, uh, you know, it's, you know, you just don't have this sort of database in the civilian side equivalent. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Malone uh, was actually talking about this too. Like you, you, we have this treasure really of, of all this data showing baseline of a very healthy population. We have, you know, all the military and all their dependents in one place and it's very well meticulated and very well um, curated data set that, that is just in value. Um, and so the DMED data is out there and the doctors basically started looking at things that you would expect to go bad um, from COVID and to see what the trends were prior to COVID, so prior to 2020, mm -hmm. and then yep. post-COVID, so 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and so the data set is, you know, it goes back farther, but they just chose an arbitrary date of 2016 to look at 2016 to 2020. Mm -hmm. Now, 2020 actually includes the first year of COVID, right? We, we were experiencing COVID, and you would expect that any increases in incidences would show up in the 2020 data set. Um, but regardless, that five-year period prior to when they introduced the vaccine is a good five-year baseline. And, you know, I, I can I can show you guys, uh, well, if you guys haven't seen, let me show this real quick, but the Thomas Renz um, website is a good place for folks to go. And they've got the entire spreadsheet okay. breakdown of all that data pre and post when they came out, okay. right? So they've changed the database after the whistleblowers told everybody about it, but the database shows increases that are just astronomical. I mean, and you do have to use caution. The database is not um, like VAERS where it's one case per, per piece of information. But so for example, if somebody had a heart attack and they went in for three appointments for a heart attack, it would show up in the, in the DMED database as three different, you know, it's, it's like a coding thing. Okay. Like, hey, they went to an appointment for a heart attack three times. Okay, that might have been one person three times, or it might have been three people one time. Um, but the five-year baseline kind of controls for that. So right. it's not a one-to-one, -one, um, but the when it increases by three hundred percent or a thousand percent in right. one year, right. something's going on. Right, right. Um, so I I reported this. So I ran. I read the uh, Daniel Horowitz article in the Blaze, who's about the only guy that's covering this data. This data. Um, this DMED, D-M-E-D database, I think is one of the biggest stories of, of the whole coronavirus stuff yeah. that's going on. And, and Daniel Horowitz, um, uh, 
I think working with one of the whistleblowers and all this basically showed that the um, in 2021 there was about a 900 percent increase in cases or or um, visitations, whatever the definition incidents incidents um, uh, in, in like the cardiovascular. Um, uh, um, infer- infertility, neurological, carriages. Yep. Yep. All help, the above. help me there. Thank you, Colonel Hall. And and then the the military when when that happened when the doctors uh, who whistle blew this whole scenario they came out and said hey this is what happened this is what the data says in our in our own military database the military came out and and then just said oh that data is not accurate. And they went and bumped up 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20 data. So they actually um, increased. They said, said that data was underreported. Huh. But when they increase that, it basically makes it either look like, well, the military is super unhealthy in the last five years. Huh. All these cardiovascular infertility issues and everything um, for a healthy population. Right. Yeah, relatively but, young and healthy here in yep, the military. That's right. Or so they the case- actually are jerking around the data. Right. So the pulmonary embolus cases is a classic one. So, I mean, there's, again, we have a relatively young and healthy population that's fairly straightforward. So pulmonary embolus, you know, the PEs shouldn't be three times the national average. And you can go look up in the NIH databases what what the average should be for these sort of populations from an epidemiological perspective. And, And so like what you said basically is correct. So PEs rose... Um, do I have it right in front of me? No, I don't. Uh, but basically 300 to 350, somewhere in there percent from the you know, 2016 to 2020. And then 2021, there was a 300% rise um, thereabouts or more. And so they went back and they changed the data so that the rest of it is now you know, higher than before. But now in order to believe that that was true and it was just a bookkeeping error, now you have to believe that the entire military, this young, healthy population, is three times the national average for pulmonary embolus. Oh, my goodness. I can speak. Yeah. So, so I mean, it seems like one way to check that, of course, would be then for somebody to grab five more years. I mean, is, is the whole is the whole database already been changed? Or, I mean, can we grab five more years and go back to 2011 and compare it? I mean, are, are we going to – is anybody going to play that, you know, play that game? I am sure that they are going further back and looking at those things. I don't know if they have the original data. Uh, okay. I don't know if they pulled that to begin with, which would be, you know, a question. You know, if they if they went back further, I I don't know that answer. So, uh, Colonel Hall, I mean, I mean, I the the military. I I mean, I always think of the military. I mean, it's you know, this is this is GI Joe. I mean, this is you know, <laughs> yeah, um, right. you know, the American heroes. This is these are men who give their lives. Um, and, and sacrifice their lives um, for for me, you know, for my and trust. Th- their leaders, yes. Yeah. And and I, but when you hear this kind of thing, it it man, it it shakes your confidence big time. What I mean, what where I mean, where are I mean, you're you're here, um, you know, you're there, and I know there are thousands of people pushing back and standing their ground and so on. But at the same time, it seems like, you know, when you've got four-star, three-star generals not giving you the time of the day and admonishing you for standing up for your freedom, Ridiculous. Um, what, I mean, what, what has happened to us? What has happened to our military? So that's a great question. And from my experience, there's kind of two different things going on. You know, one is the 
the, the culture of fear in the media. And I think we have seen that in spades these past two years and people are waking up to it. There's that backdrop of the, the fear narrative and the trust narrative. People trust the military, right. the, you know, the military data and they, for good reason, are sometimes unwilling to even consider the possibility that they've been that badly deceived. Right. And so the, by and large, the experience of myself and a lot of the people that I work with is that their leadership just, they can't wrap their minds around the possibility that, that, that we as a corporate military, that we uh, were that wrong or that deceived or that involved in, in all of this. And, and that's understandable. And, and I think we have seen the progress wow. of kind of going through the stages of grief. Yeah. With a lot of the people <laughs> right. to the point where they're not going to take a booster. There's, yeah. you know, okay. the, the booster's just right out, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. So, so I, I think the learning process is good and important. People have to see the deception before they can push back against it. All right. So we got all these people listening who are all these military people watching the show. What, where did they start? Uh, you know, they're just, they're trying to fight this. What did they do? How do they, you know, where do they go? What do they do? So I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I don't have a one size fits all answer for that. Other than, you know, I tell people, this is really easy. You just stand on your God given rights and you leave the rest to him. And the way that we have done that is we have filed, you know, religious accommodations. When that gets rejected, then we file an appeal. You have one more step. You can file an EO with, uh, you know, the, the EO process um, for our, what was it T Title Seven, uh, Section Twelve? You know EEOC complaint type uh, with the federal government as well. You can file IG complaints. So far, they haven't answered any of those. You can file an Article One Thirty Eight, which is basically formally asking for a redress of a grievance in the military process. Um, failing all that, you can file an actual lawsuit. There's about six of them um, going on right now, and I think there's uh, rumors that there's going to be some big news in the next day or two. Okay. Uh, obviously, the seal cases with the preliminary injunction was huge. Um, that, you know, if, if folks haven't seen that, I encourage everybody to read that. That's great encouragement. Um, Dovey Austin is actually uh, a win in many respects, even though they didn't get the, uh, injunction. Um, so there's numerous different other lawsuits right now that are accepting folks. So, uh, that's okay. one option as well. I tell people just kind of like the truckers, right? The, this all ends when we stand up. Amen. Um, so it, ultimately, I'm not putting my faith in any of those things. Ultimately, my faith is in God. Amen. That when we just stand on our God-given rights together, everything else will take care of itself. Yep. Um, so I, there's a lot of people that want the process. You know, they, they they want to trust the process and put their their faith and trust in in all those other things that we kind of have that have gotten us to this point and gotten us in trouble. Right. And I think. God is kind of just gently rebuking us. And, you know, every, every one of those avenues ends up in, you know, yeah. no dead end. Okay. Yeah. Got to go back to faith. Yeah. He, he, I mean, God's sovereign in all of this right. and he's doing this for a reason. He's allowing this for a reason. And I think, I think you, I think you, you, you nailed it there, Colonel Hall. I mean, it, yeah. How did we get here? We got here by, by trusting in man. We got in, we yeah. got here trusting in our own reason, our own, you know, our own logic, our, our mm. science apart from Christ. And so th this is this is what it gives us, and but he but he's there, and I think you're absolutely right. As people turn back to him and recognize, you know, it's Christ or nothing. It's Christ or chaos. That's right. You know, uh, it's Christ or tyranny. And I think people are waking up. 
Yep. Psalm, Psalm 20. Some trust in chariots, some trust in yeah. our, our American military, but we trust in the Lord our God. Amen. Amen. Colonel Hall. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm not Chocolate Knox, so I'm just not going to end it that way. Um, until next time, go fight, laugh, and feast. <laughs> <laughs>